Ladies and gentlemen, without further delay, it is officially Christmas season. Don't cheer yet. It's that time of year that we've all been waiting for. I'm going to move this back here. The stress that you will feel in a few days later this month will be unparalleled to the rest of the year. For those of us who have children, um, your kids will be opening up what, what feels like revenge gifts from your parents and your siblings and stuff. Um, for example, my son brought home a 22,000 part time bomb that is waiting on my kitchen table to be exploded all over the place. It is the season. This is the loudest, most sugary time of year. So get ready because it's here. You get to enjoy the moments before the family photo when everybody is screaming at each other and uncomfortable and has to quickly smile. You get to enjoy those moments. You get to enjoy the living room that is stuffed with far too many people where for some strange reason, the host sets the heat higher than it normally is because they don't realize that the human body heat contributes to the overall temperature in the room. It is the season, my friends. And with that, all of your favorite Christmas music classics are back in full force. You don't, you, you know, the ones that you've been singing all year in the back of your head without even realizing it. There's classics like, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Or that chipmunk song, I don't even know the name of it. Or the song that I found out over 75 times this last weekend is apparently my kid's favorite song, Christmas song, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Ladies and gentlemen, Mariah Carey has been fully dethawed. We are officially here. It is Christmas. Now you can clap. Hang on. Um, oh, was it? <laughs> it was fun for me. Um, it is the season that is full of a lot of chaos and weird traditions. Um, and for many of us, I'll say this again, it's always worth saying that the holidays are a, a reminder, here's a weird shift, of not only all that stuff I mentioned before that's sarcastic, but uh, our deepest pains and maybe losses. Um, that The season is packed full of stuff, this holiday season. But for some, uh, for all of us probably in some ways, this season will have some of the most special moments that you'll ever have. Uh, the memories that you'll cherish probably for the rest of your life, some of them will probably happen in the next 30 days. So don't miss it. Uh, just like back in your childhood, doesn't it, for me, it brings it, brings it all back um, when we go to put our tree up and I hang up the Christmas ornaments that were mine when I was a child that my parents gave to me when I moved out. They're now hanging on my tree, and the ones that my kids are hanging that are theirs will someday hang on their trees. Um, during the next 30 days, when it finally snows, it will feel magical and wonderful. We actually like the snow for the next 30 days. Some of you like it for longer than that, but we want it to snow. We don't mind being stuck inside when it's the Christmas season. The Christmas season is a time to catch up with friends and family in that overheated room that you otherwise probably wouldn't. Even if you don't want to see them, you know it's important to. 
And the holidays give us a reason to have to do that. It is the season. And for the next five weeks here in this room on Sundays, uh, we'll be doing a new teaching series called The Songs of Christmas. And I don't know, maybe I'll try and do something really weird like I did just a minute ago every time. We'll see. Uh, we'll be looking at some of the uh, classic Christian um, Christmas songs and hymns and dig into their origins just a little bit, uh, some more than others, and highlight some of the themes that uh, we sing uh, based on the scripture that they come from. I think it'll be kind of fun to do a little excavating with you. Um, uh, and obviously, I love Mariah Carey. I've mentioned her a couple times. Um, we won't be excavating All I Want for Christmas is You, even though that, I would say, is the best one. Um, but I think it'll be fun, uh, because more importantly, in, in Christmas is the time to remember uh, that one came into the world, Jesus the Christ, who is also known as Emmanuel, God with us. That's what Christmas is about. It's not even really about a baby. It's about a God who sent his, himself into the universe, into physical reality to be with us. Who knows how many tens of thousands of songs and poems and pieces of art have been written about the moments of that first Christmas. So for the next five weeks, we're going to be spending time uh, looking at that. And today, we're looking at part of a song that we just sang a little bit ago, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. So let me pray and then we'll continue. Uh, Lord, thank you for being here among us. Not only in this moment, because we believe that you are, but that you came into this universe that you created. You came into this physical stuff that you invented in order to be with us again, in order to show us a way back to the garden to which we used to walk with you. You came here, surrounding us in your glory, embodying yourself fully in Jesus to help us find our way back to you. As we look to the moments of that first Christmas together in the next, these next few weeks, I pray that you will uh, open our minds and our hearts up to what you want us to see, and that maybe this Christmas memory will carry with it a weight unparalleled to any others, that maybe you would become so much more real and so much more present this time around than you ever have for us in the past. Amen. So let me read a section of the song. I don't have it on the screen, but a section of the song that we just sang. Hark, which means listen up. Uh, Hark, the herald's angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. You're singing it as I'm saying it, aren't you? It's like, you can't help it. Um, Joyful all ye nations rise. Join the triumph in the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem. This hymn was written and composed by a guy, maybe you've heard of him, named Charles Wesley in 1739. 
and it was included in a collection that he called, uh, appropriately for what we're doing right now, uh, Hymn for Christmas Day. So he, he put this collection together, and this was part of it. He wrote many, many different hymns in his day. Um, it reflects on the announcement of the birth of Jesus by the angels in heaven to all the nations on earth. And so I actually want to read to you Luke uh, chapter 2, verse 1 through 20. It's the classic uh, announcement story. I'm going to read that all the way through, and then I will make some comments after that, and um, hopefully it will be beneficial to you. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger that would have looked something similar to this, because there was no... no, uh, guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. 13. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory be to God in the highest, and peace on earth to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was laying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen, which were just as they had been told. There's a lot of things loaded into there. But today we're going to focus on angels, Shekinah, and shepherds. Let's talk about angels for a minute. These are considered the highest of the high spiritual beings. Well, beneath God, above us. Uh, They're the ones that the song that we sang about is about. Hark the herald angels sing. It's this the ones that the music is coming from, the ones that the announcement is 
coming from. And imagine the heavens being ripped open in thousands upon thousands of literal angelic voices singing a song to you as you lay there in your fields doing your job at night. This is something like out of an Avengers movie when you think about it, like these realities being torn open and and God speaking and all these beings speaking to these people that are there. When we read the story uh, normally, it feels like it's such a quiet night. And maybe in some ways it is, but what a loud moment. I think that's the purpose of that song, right? Hark, listen up. The angels sing. This is a big announcement that's happening, the biggest in the universe. And it's no wonder that these spiritual beings, angels, in the Bible always say, don't be afraid. Because in that moment, I would be. I don't know about you. But verse 9 says that the glory of God shone around them. What does that mean? Um, In the Old Testament, uh, first half of the Bible, um, this is called the Shekinah glory of God. Does anybody know that that song by Blindside? Anybody know that band called? Okay, just me. Um, But the last time that this glory appeared to God's people in the Bible was when it was departing from the temple shortly before in Jerusalem, shortly before it was destroyed around uh, 587, 586 B.C., so hundreds of years, this idea of the glory of God that kind of wraps itself around you, the presence of God that's felt as an as a environment that you're wrapped up in has not been seen in for the next 580 years in the biblical narrative until now. It's the way that they describe God filling up the tabernacle, filling up the temple with his presence, like this thick presence of God that wraps itself around you. So there's these angels proclaiming that, and with them surrounded by the glory of God to these shepherds who are laying in this field or working in this field. Who are they? The harking of those angels in the Shekinah glory of God surrounded who exactly? A bunch of shepherds living out in a field. So let's do a little, little study on the shepherds. It's funny that this song, great song, but I don't think it mentions, unless there's a word in there that's like old English that I don't understand, but doesn't even mention the shepherds at all. It just mentions the angels and then the rest of the world, like us, receiving this good news that will cause great joy. But doesn't mention that first group who, who heard this good, good news that would cause great joy to the world. Uh, shepherds, uh, historically, were universally considered to be low people in uh, social, the social class in society. They were, they were not the group that you would expect this news to be delivered to. That the king of the universe had finally come. That the glory of God had finally come back to surround people. They didn't have a lot of power. It's just like the character of God as we continue to open that book up and read about these stories that God would, would flip things on its head. Instead of appearing to those 
the first audience appearing to those who had all the power and status to get the news out with the official stamp of whatever power seal they have. He went to who? People that were considered to be on the bottom. Do you remember, uh, do you remember Genesis? <laughs> that whole thing we did a year study of? Um, a few weeks ago, maybe months ago now, um, we read this in Genesis 46. Uh, it says, when Pharaoh calls you in, so this is when um, the family of Israel is moving into Egypt uh, in the scene before they end up in slavery in Egypt. But uh, this Pharaoh had favor, gave favor to their family. But this is what he said. He said, you can live here, but listen to this. Uh, when Pharaoh calls you in and asks, what is your occupation? You should answer, your servants had tended livestock from our boyhood on just as our fathers did. Then you will be allowed to settle in the region of Goshen, for all shepherds are detestable to Egyptians. Just one example of where uh, shepherds stood in the social ladder in the world at that time. To make sure that none of the elite in Egypt would be threatened by the presence of the Israelites, Pharaoh gave them the least threatening job that he could think of. Y'all will be just a bunch of shepherds, okay? Then, then things will be all right. You will stay out of trouble. Nobody really cares about what you're doing. Just do your job, be quiet, and leave us alone. Shepherds were people of the lowest status. In fact, listen to this. There's a New Testament uh, scholar named Kenneth Bailey who has lived um, and taught in the Middle East for 40 years in Egypt, Lebanon, Jerusalem, Cyprus. He points out how Jewish rabbis... Uh, first saw shepherds as unclean and people of low status. He says this, From their point of view, if the child was truly the Messiah, the parents would reject the shepherds if they tried to visit him. You catch that? So to the Jewish mind, if these shepherds came to the house of the people that had the Savior of the world, that they wouldn't even be let in the door. Yet, these angels with this great message were harking at the shepherds. This least important group. I feel like I should always do that. I think that's why God does it. He chooses a least important group to make a profound point. The glory of God had returned to earth, now in the person of Jesus. And the first announcement was not made to Caesar, was not made to someone who's wealthy, not made to even the religious leaders of the day, the Jewish religious leaders but to a group of shepherds who were watching over these sacrificial sheep. But it turns out that God has been in a habit of speaking the greatest news to the lowest people. In the Old Testament, the greatest prophet of the Hebrew people, his name was Moses. And before he became the powerful prophet that led God's people out of Egypt and into freedom, uh, he lived for 40 years as a shepherd. Moses was a shepherd. Who was the, the most honored king 
of the Hebrew people and their story. Uh, King David, but before King David starred as the, the boy that would defeat a giant who would become this great king, um, he was first a shepherd. So when the majesty and power of the heavenly angels are assembled into a massive choir singing praise of the divine and the Shekinah glory surrounding these people that are just like, holy cow, what the heck is this? The good news that will cause great joy to all people. God chose to reveal the news. You know when you have a, if you you become a parent and you're like, we got, who do we have to tell first? If you've had a child. Before we go Facebook official with it. Like, who do, we, who do we want to make sure we send a text to, send a call to, let them visit if they want? Who? Who, who, who should we make sure knows about this first? That's actually a really important thing from our experience to, to know, like, I've got to make sure that, like, my mom doesn't find out on Facebook. God chose to reveal the birth of the Savior of the world, not to kings and elite people of the day, but he turned to simple people, to shepherds living out in a field. Because guess what? The newborn king that we sing about, he brought the song announcing his coming in the choir of heaven and the Shekinah glory of his presence to people living on the fringes. I don't know if that feels like really good news to you or not. He brought good news of himself. He brought God among us to you and I. Because this king has come for everybody. And to prove that point, he went to quote the low places which it turns out in the kingdom of heaven there is no such thing as an actual low and high. There's just our human sinful application. <laughs> you fallen? God sees us all and loves us all equally. He has come to set people free who all feel unworthy. He came for all the poor and powerless people who are desperate for good news. And these shepherds, these unlikely first people to get the good news of the birth of the Savior. What did they do after they had seen it? They went out and they spread the word. And you got to wonder how many people believed what they said. Like what? You? Really? God chose to open up the heavens with a massive choir of angels to tell you? Nah. That's impossible. If, you, if he was going to tell anybody, he would have told me. Because I'm higher up. But God didn't. These shepherds, these unlikely first people got that news. Spread the word. And what if we believe that Jesus came to our world to bring his love, to bring his good news that causes great joy to all people, to every fringy place that we can think of, to every spot and people that feel low to the, the social constructs that we have in this world. My friends, 
Christmas season is here. It will be full of all the things that I said earlier. But what if this Christmas we first let the good news of Jesus bring joy to our souls because we are all, in fact, low people in need of a Savior? Have you ever heard the phrase, you're either um, in a mess, or you've been in a mess, you are in a mess, or you're one decision away from being in a mess? King Jesus has come to people who are caught in a mess or who find themselves on the outside. And they call him, we call him, Emmanuel, God with us. He hasn't only come to those who can afford a ticket, but he brought the choir to the outside. He hasn't come just for the people in this world that we feel like have status enough to deserve it. He came... Or the shepherds. What if we treated all people as worthy of the song of the angels and as being surrounded by the glory of God? I want to reread that story for you, but to reread it from the Bible that I read to my kids, and some of you probably have this, it's called the Jesus Storybook Bible. Pictures will be on the screen. Um, I'm going to finish with that because I think it tells everything I've told you now in such a wonderful way. The Light of the World, the story of the shepherds from Luke 2, says that same night, in amongst the other stars, suddenly a bright new star appeared. Of all the stars in the dark vaulted heavens, this one shone clearer. It blazed in the night and made the other stars look pale beside it. God put it where put it there when his baby son was born to be like a spotlight shining on him, lighting up the darkness, showing people the way to him. You see, God was like a new daddy. He couldn't keep the good news to himself. He'd been waiting all these long years for this moment, and now he wanted to tell everyone. So he pulled all the stops. Good. Uh, next page. So he pulled all the stops. He'd sent an angel to tell Mary the good news. He'd put a special star in the the sky to show where his boy was. And now he was going to send a big choir of angels to sing his happy song to the world. He's here. He's come. Go and see him, my little boy. Now where would you send your splendid choir? To a big concert hall, maybe? Or a palace, perhaps? God sent his to a little hillside outside a little town in the middle of the night. He sent all those angels to sing for a raggedy bunch of shepherds watching their sheep outside of Bethlehem. In those days, remember, people used to laugh at shepherds and say they were smelly and call them other rude names, which I can't possibly mention here. You see, people thought shepherds were nobodies, just scruffy old riffraff. But God must have thought the shepherds were very important indeed, because they're the ones he chose to tell the good news to first. That night, some shepherds were out in the open field, warming themselves by the campfire, when suddenly the sheep darted. They were frightened by something. The olive trees rustled, and that was a wing beat. Next page. 
They turned around. Standing in front of them was a huge warrior of light, blazing in the darkness. Don't be afraid of me, the bright shining man said. I haven't come to hurt you. I've come to bring you happy news for everyone, everywhere. Today in David's town in Bethlehem, God's son has been born. You can go and see him. He's sleeping in a manger. Behind the angel, they saw a strange cloud growing, except it wasn't a cloud. It was angels, troops and troops of angels, armed with light. And they were singing a beautiful song, Glory to God. To God be the fame and honor and all the hoorays. (laughs) Then, as quickly as they appeared, the angels left. The shepherds stamped out their fire left their sheep, raced down the grassy hill, through the gates of Bethlehem, down the narrow cobbled streets, through the courtyard, down the step, 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 steps, past the inn, round a corner, through the hedge, until at last they reached a tumble-down stable. Next page. They caught their breath. Then quickly they tiptoed inside. They knelt on the dirt floor. They heard about this promised child, and now he was here. He, heaven's son, the maker of the stars, a baby sleeping in his mother's arms. This baby would be like a bright star shining in that night, a light to the whole world, chasing away darkness, helping people to see. And the darker the night got, the brighter the star would shine. The songs of Christmas are about so much more than catchy melodies and traditions. They and the stories behind them inform our way of life, our posture towards people, and the mission and heart of God. May we sing these songs loudly and remember that Christ came for the low. Whoever our world thinks that might be. Not only did he come for the poor and the powerless, not only did Jesus come for the poor and the powerless, but he himself was laid in a feeding trough that looks something like this. And apparently, God himself made himself low. But that is a song for another week.